You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, gang of gallant, Gabby, gallivanting, galloping, gadflies, and gazebos. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. Chris wrote these, by the way. Thank you, Chris. Hey, you're welcome. Uh, This is episode 72, and of course, I am your humble host, Karen, and we are your very vocal volunteers vomiting vocabulary while voguing. I'm Colin. I'm Dana. And I'm Chris. You can't see it, but we're all we're constantly voguing, voguing, voguing all of these and episodes. Vomiting, vomiting, vomiting. vomiting vocabulary. Yeah. Man. And not just <laughs> style and grace. <laughs> we can't talk about bodily excretions on Good Job Brain. No, we have nothing. You know, yeah. Yeah. Have That's no our bread material. and butter. <laughs> um, all right. Let's jump into our first general trivia segment. Pop quiz, hotshot. What and are you holding? I am. So I ran out of trivial pursuit cards <laughs> to substitute. I have... The Jeopardy board game. Okay. Mm. And so let's play the first time. Let's play some Jeopardy for Pop Quiz Hotshot. And okay. you guys have your buzzers ready. Mm-hmm. So here we go. I'll take potent potables for 300. <laughs> no, I get to choose. <laughs> oh. oh. Okay. This category is ends in Ola. O L A. Okay. <laughs> Words that end with O L A. All right. No. no. Ebola. Oh, <laughs> Stop it. All right. $100 question. Remember, form of a question, everybody. Yes. All right. It's what you ride along the canals of Venice. Oh, Chris. What is a gondola? Correct. Sure. Gondola? Go- gondola. Gondola. <laughs> gondola. They're both acceptable. Okay. $200. It often includes rolled oats, wheat germ, honey, fruit, and nuts. Dana. What is granola? <laughs> Correct. What is granola? Next one, advantage, Colin. Whoa. This Uh-oh. early phonograph began cranking out music in 1906. Whoa. <laughs> no. Well, we, I think everybody. we all have a, Everybody. What is Victrola? Good job, everybody. All right. $400 question. Italy's Lombardy region is famous for producing this soft and smelly blue cheese. Oh, Chris. What is Gorgonzola? Correct. Last question. $500 question. Whoa. Haiti occupies a third of this island. The Dominican Republic covers the rest. Colin. What is Hispaniola? Yes. Uh, I didn't know that was the name of the island. Very good job, Colin. (laughs) All right, good job, brains. That's our Jeopardy. Do you want to do another one? Yeah, one more. Yeah, sure. All right. yeah okay. Let's do double. All right. Oh. All right. All right. Double Jeopardy. Category is fruits and vegetables. Okay. $200 question. Sometimes dipped in chocolate, these red fruits are also <laughs> popular in a shortcake dish. <laughs> Dana, what are strawberries? Correct. $400 question. This may have been added to your cucumber to make it shine. If so, peel it prior to eating. Chris. Uh, What is wax? Correct. $600 question. Normally, it's this fruit set afire in a foster dessert. Oh, Colin. Uh, It's bananas? Oh, incorrect. (laughs) Wait, isn't it? What is bananas? No. You got skunked. (laughs) $800 question. The Maltese sauce is made from the blood variety of this citrus fruit. Dana. What are blood oranges? What are oranges, too? Oranges, yeah. All right. Last question. $1,000 question. 
The Gravenstein variety of these is harvested in August and September. Chris? What are apples? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Very good. All right. Good job, brains. Uh, so this week, Colin, you suggested this topic. It's very interesting. I just always was uh, fascinated by things underground, and subterranean, and hidden. So Ooh. that was sort of the genesis of the suggestion. Yeah. Yeah. So so this week we're going to talk about things that are underground, underwater, and under other stuff. Just uh, anything <laughs> yeah. that's under something, like your yes. clothes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So this week we're going under. under the sea, we We've got no troubles like these bubbles under the sea, under the sea, under the sea. Since life is sweet, yeah, we've got the beat here naturally. Hey, Karen, what were you eating under there? What? What were you what? eating under there? <laughs> under where? You were eating <laughs> underwear. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so oh sorry. man, you can't do those to Karen because she falls for them. <laughs> You're not supposed to do that. She looks so hurt. <laughs> I was so confused. I know. I was like, I wasn't eating. I wasn't like, eating. I was like, you attacked me, and then you made fun of me, and now I'm just like, <laughs> like under my pop filter. I don't under my laptop. <laughs> So to continue to loosen our brains up, I have a word quiz, sort of. Every single answer that you'll give me contains the word under. Mm. Okay. So okay. just at the beginning or in and somewhere, any, okay. somewhere okay. in okay. there, it contains uh, the word under. It is frequently at the beginning, but not always at the beginning. Huh. Okay. Bring it on. Here we go. A phrase meaning to be calm and collected in the face of adversity. Also a also oh. a 1990s sitcom starring Brett Butler. Oh. Colin? Grace Under Fire. Grace Under Fire. A United Nations official who ranks below its chief. Uh, Dana? Undersecretary? No. Uh, Under Undersecretary General. Yeah. Okay. Close enough. That's not... That doesn't sound like a very good title. Kind of a weird title. Yeah. Yeah. Undersecretary General. (laughs) A type of sporting wager in which bettors predict whether a certain statistic will be higher or lower than a given number. Colin? The over-under. The over-under, mm-hmm. yes. A maker of sports clothing. Yeah. Karen. <laughs> Under Armour. Under Armour. Yeah. Maybe the world's most popular song sung by a crab. Uh, Dana. <laughs> Under the Sea. Under the Sea. Alfred Hitchcock film. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock film. Oh. Little hint. It begins with the word under. It is a two-word title. First word is under. I don't know that one. Yeah, me neither. It is Under Capricorn. Okay. Under Capricorn. Hmm. Single by Queen and David Bowie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Karen. Dun, 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 dun. Under Pressure. Under Pressure, yeah. yes. Stephen King novel. A little uh, more recent. Uh, oh, gosh. Begins with the word under. Stephen King novel. It's mm. not Underworld. No. It's Under the Blank. Uh, Colin? Is it Under the Dome? It is. Yeah. Under oh, the Dome. There you go. Yes. Structure. Maybe the world's most popular song sung by Chili Peppers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> under the <Karen>. bridge. <laughs> yeah. Under, under the bridge. Under the bridge, yes. <laughs> Disney animated classic. Oh. Karen. Rescuers Down Under. The Rescuers Down Under. Nice. Uh, hit song by The Drifters. Colin. Under the Boardwalk. Under the Boardwalk. Oh, yeah. Finally, a classic song from Cole Porter about subcutaneous loving. Oh, <laughs> oh, I've got you under, under my, my skin. skin. Yes. Yeah. Oh, 
clever. Hey, very good job. Oh, sounds right. gross, cool. though. Subcutaneous? Yeah. Lovin'. Subcutaneous lovin'. So I lived in New York for a little while, mm-hmm. and while I was there, I spent a lot of time underground and underwater, traveling in the subways. Oh. And I think this... <laughs> oh. You're going to be like, I was a mole. I, <laughs> I lived with the like, frog people. Yeah. I've uh, been adjusting to the surface world, yeah. um, but I was always really fascinated with the subway. Uh, Were you a train spotter? I was you... the train spotter, but I... What, what is a train spotter? I know that it's a movie. What it's like, yeah, train? it's like train otaku, and they sit and like, you know, the, the trains come by, and they like mark off what train it is, and what number it is, right. and Keep yeah. like records of what trains come by and when did they arrive on time. Why? It's like just, bird watching. Yeah, 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 exactly. Just another manifestation of OCD. Somehow, yeah. Right. Yeah. Really? It's like, oh, so I've seen train eight five six two. Yeah, put it in your yeah. little ledger or whatever. Yeah, it's fun to collect things. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Whoa! I don't think any of us are in a position to judge people who are into collecting things. Right. <laughs> right. Collect uh, knowledge. Like, or, yeah. no, I, I just didn't know that exact activity yeah. exists. Mm. Not surprisingly, I mean, the history of the subway is a long, complicated tale. Oh, with I'm many sure. twists and turns uh, and ups and downs, uh, much like a subway ride itself. Yeah, <laughs> smells like pee. A lot of the early advocates uh, for the subway in New York were social reformers. It wasn't necessarily about making the city more efficient. It was, you know, I mean, this is keep in mind the 1860s, 1870s. New York is just packed and the city is growing rapidly and especially in the poor parts of town there was just squalor and disease and yeah I mean it was there were open sewers and dead animals because you know there was a lot of horses that would just die and you couldn't leave them there for a few days until you could cart them away it was was not a sanitary place down in the streets of the poorer neighborhoods in the Lower East Side and and many other neighborhoods Mm -hmm. down there Mm -hmm. and so, so some of the impetus for the subways was a lot of reformers like we can really improve sanitation by giving people a release to get uptown where at that time there was still a lot of nature to be found. Get some fresh air and some fresh water and just to kind of alleviate the crowding and just sort of the mental strain of of living in, in crowded societies. Not surprisingly, a lot of the early efforts to build the subways were just met uh, with opposition. <laughs> oh, and this, uh, if you're a student of New York City history, you'll know it was a very corrupt place, uh, New York City, uh, before the turn of the century. A lot of the early efforts to build the subways were kind of people taking it into their hands on their own. Uh, there very famously <laughs> was a man named Alfred Eli Beach who wanted to build a subway, an underground subway. And he was so convinced that he'd never be able to get through the corruption that he decided to build it himself <gasps> with his own money secretly. So you may have heard that there was once a prototype for a pneumatic subway system in New York. And this is the man who had the vision of that. So he built a 300-foot prototype, basically, of a pneumatic, meaning, you know, air-powered, air-pressure-powered subway system Mm. that he did secretly. He hired laborers to work at night and quietly because his goal was, let's get it built, and then I'll try and attract some funding. and Right. Sad to say that didn't go anywhere. He opened it in 1870, and there is not, in fact, a pneumatic subway system in New York right now. And there were other cities, you know, that were building underground subways at this time and kind of passing New York by. And it was really... Wait, in America or Boston? Boston subway predates the New York subway, for instance. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. then again, in, you know, other cities in Europe where... And so a lot of engineers and sort of city activists really like, guys, we got to get on the ball here and get our own New York City subway for for many reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, over the 
next 20, 30 years after the pneumatic prototype, the, there were a lot of elevated trains built in the city, but it doesn't, it just, you couldn't scale it over the entire city mm. for the, cause you got to run the tracks somewhere. It really had sort of reached the limit by 1900, by around the turn of the century. And the city finally got, all right, we're going to build an underground subway. When they finally started building around the turn of the century, they really went about it in two ways. The main way was what they call a cut and cover method. And they still use cut and cover, which basically is you'd cut a, a hole in the street and you dig out a trench. Oh, okay. you, know, you lay down the tracks and everything, and then you cover it back up when you're done. Okay. Uh, so it's not too far below the surface. It, mm-hmm. And it is slow, hard, dirty, tough work, as mm-hmm. you might imagine. Now you're thinking, all right, well, what about when you have to go under the water? You can't cut and cover water. So building underwater was even more labor intensive and required well, some. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. You start at the edge of the water, <laughs> you build tunnels, you fill them with air, you make sure they're watertight, and uh, you ventilate them, and you kind of just build section by section by section. And this is how they went from Manhattan out to Brooklyn under the East River. Wait, so do they build it over the water and they sink it? There were a couple they... different ways. Yeah, they would. They could have what's called a, a caisson, which is where they would build like a diving bell, sort of like a giant bell and lower it down, mm. pump out the water and fill it with pressurized air. Uh, mm. Or they could build sort of sections of tunnel at a time. Underwater. Were, right, right. Mm. You know, you build a section uh, with compressed air to keep the water out so that the guys could work and breathe down there. <laughs> and and now I say this was hot hard, dirty work. Uh, The men who worked on the underwater tunnels were called sand hogs. That was their, that wow. was their uh, name to just that type of work. You could only work, you know, in shorter shifts because with the pressurized air, it gets hot and it's it's not healthy. This is not healthy yeah. work. Oh, you know, right. They say. No. I mean, this would dramatically shorten your lifespan being Aww. a sand hog. As you might imagine, there were a lot of mishaps building the tunnels, <laughs> uh, both underground and underwater, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. you'd have tunnel collapses and boulders falling on people. And building underwater, you've got the added uh, danger of drowning and flooding. Yeah. <laughs> There was a particular danger to building the underwater tunnels called blowouts, okay? So now, keep in mind, these are not large sections of tunnel with pressurized, compressed air, (laughs) and sometimes you don't have a perfect seal. You would have a blowout in the tunnel, meaning it would either collapse and decompress, you would have too much pressure, and debris could be blown out, including people could be blown out of the tunnel. So I have a couple anecdotes here that Uh. just made the hair on my back and my neck stand up when I first heard these. So... In 1905, uh, there was a worker named Richard Cregan, and he was working in an extension of the subway system out to Brooklyn, as I say, under the East River. And he, as they were working, noticed uh, there was a leak. All right, so now they're underground, okay? So they're underwater and under mud at the bottom of the river. Okay. So he's going to plug up the leak. Before he can get the leak plugged up, it, it decompresses. The entire thing blows out. He was shot through the mud, five feet of mud, by the pressure out up to the surface of the water, 15 Whoa. feet of the water. Wow. He survived. He didn't drown. He did not drown, but it was a he harrowing was experience. So fast. Right. Oh, I can only imagine. Right, yeah, going through, being pressurized yeah. through five feet of mud. Right. And I'm thinking, all right, well, surely, you know, this is a pretty rare occurrence. No, no, there was actually an even more uh, hair-raising instance of this. So, so in 1916... You know, so they're still building this, by the way. This is slow going, right? So in 1916, uh, they were building another extension also under the East River. Uh, there was a worker named Marshall Maybe, And very much a similar uh, scenario where they were working and he noticed there was a leak in the mud. And, you know, if you noticed it, like, you got to try and plug it up as quickly as you can. And they would give the workers, you know, sandbags or planks of wood or bales of hay to try and c- c- compress <laughs> the leaks. So makeshift. Well, you yeah. know, it's, it's 1916. It's... Uh, <laughs> Patch it up. Just do it <laughs> your best. Yeah. Well, you 
gotta, you gotta make it work, right? Some air was starting to rush out. Before he could do anything, next thing he knew, he was being shot out of the tunnel, shot through the mud. And here I'd like to just uh, <laughs> let Marshall Maybe's uh, words take over. Wow. So okay. this is So he a, survived? He did survive, yes. This okay. is the description that he gave to the New York Times. I closed my eyes and managed to get my hands over my head when I realized I was in sand and was being pushed by a tremendous force. I was being squeezed tighter than any girl ever held me, and the <laughs> pressure was all over me, especially on my head. The last thing I recalled was seeing the Brooklyn Bridge above me while I was whirling around in the air. So now, Marshall shot maybe through the water through into the surface the air? of the water. Witnesses report that he shot through the mud, through the water, twenty-five feet in the air oh, above the surface of the East River. Holy cow! He blacked out. Yeah, sure. no, uh, sure. as you do, as you right. Would. Yeah. Uh, he was able to swim a little bit after the event. After his time in hospital. He went back to work. You know, yeah, no problem. Uh, This is what I do. Show must go on. I'm a sand hog. The show must go on. And I never, ever, ever traveled in a underwater tunnel without thinking of that. Just about being shot through the roof, through the mud, through the water, 25 feet in the air. I mean, how scary would that be? (laughs) People think it was like a dolphin jumping or something. Be like, Yeah, what is that? That That is a person. That's like Superman. But this is just one of the many hazards of building the New York. City subway yeah. system. So the next time you're traveling under the East River, be glad you're on the inside of the tunnel. And or not... in any tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Alright, so from underground, let's go to underwear. So I have a quiz for you guys. There are so many weird kinds of underwear throughout history. There's, there's been a need to cover your top. <laughs> there's been a need to cover your bottom. Like, <laughs> underwear protects your clothes from, from things your body does naturally. Ah, uh, yes. It helps, and it also protects your body from your clothes if your mm. clothes are scratchy. Mm. So my quiz for you involves weird, weird historical underwear, maybe even modern underwear, but just with names that maybe aren't super familiar. And you have to tell me if it's a top or a bottom. Okay. Because oh. <laughs> you we cannot tell for from many of these. Wow. Okay, so okay. point up for top and down for down for bottoms. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, Ready? Singlet. Oh. And there's no both? Uh, and you can put middle. Like, you could do a flat what? hand for middle if you want. But, <laughs> but it's never going to be the right answer. <laughs> not often the answer. Everybody says top. It is a top. Okay. It's like a t-shirt. Okay. That's a modern it's a, one. a racing singlet. Because I think you... Yeah. yeah. A tanga. Tanga. Tanga for your teeters. <laughs> 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 so Colin and Chris say bottoms. Karen says a top. It's bottoms. Oh. It's like a, a It's like a thong. Like a man thong. Ah. Yeah. I was yeah, like, maybe I that's figured, why you guys that's, know what yeah, that is. Yeah, I don't, I don't wear them often, but... <laughs> but you know the name. You know right, the name. Hot weather games. only. Yeah, All yeah, right, yeah. this Christmas. one's... Uh, next one, a camise. Everybody says the top, it's a top. Oh, okay. Yeah, French oh. for both men and women. How about a fendoshi? Oh. Fendoshi, that sounds dirty. Everybody points down. Yes, yes down. Yes, that is the sumo wrestler's diaper. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Often known I, as a sumo diaper. Huh. But, loin but cloth. not. Yeah. yeah. Right. I like loincloth better than diaper. Loincloth. Because that implies wrestlers. sumo you know, wrestlers pooping. pooping. They might. You don't know. How would you know? <laughs> How about a bandeau? see it. A what? Bandeau. Bandeau? Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. You're so, Karen, you're so Karen's confident. so adamant. Yeah, exactly. 
I'm going to be contrarian. All right. So Karen and Chris say top. Colin says bottom. It's a top. It's like a bra kind of thing, like a band. It's a strapless. Yeah. Yeah. It's a band across your boobs. Oh, okay. Okay. This is from another culture. So I'll try to pronounce it correctly. And you just tell me if you think it's a top or bottom. It's a talit katan. It's from uh, Judaism. Talit katan? Mm Mm-hmm. I'll go bottom. Okay. So Colin says top. Karen and Chris say bottom. It is a top. Oh, what is it? It's an undershirt for. Uh, it's used for religious purposes. Purposes, yeah. How about? Oh, this is from the ancient Romans. All right, <laughs> subligaculum, subligaculum. So, okay, maybe we can dissect a subliga ligament, like coulum, culottes. Yes, it's bottom. Yeah. And both men and women wore these, oh. and especially gladiators and actors. How about Malo? It's Hawaiian. Oh, sounds, yeah, they don't wear Hawaiian. shirts. They don't wear shirts. So <laughs> oh, huh. Yeah, I like your reasoning on that. Okay, so Colin and Chris, they bottoms. Karen says tops. They're bottoms. Yeah. It's a loincloth. Oh. Hawaiian never seen, loincloth. Never seen them wearing a shirt. They have Hawaiian shirts, obviously. But that, <laughs> Hawaiian that's just worn by 50-year-old Italian. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's good. What about stays? Stays. S T A Y S. Yeah. Sounds like tampons. I'll go. I'll go top. I'll, I'll go, go bottom because yeah. sounds like tampons. I mean, not to say wow. that tampons are underwear, but I'm just thinking yeah. of like uh, collar stays is what I'm thinking of. Oh. Oh, you know, it's probably related to that. It is a top. Uh, Colin and Chris say top. Karen says bottom. It's a corset. It's another word for oh. a corset. Oh, okay. And yeah. women yeah. wore them from the 1600s until the 20th century. Sometimes they were under their clothes. Sometimes they were above their clothes. Oh, but they were for, really... Uh, for a nice day-to-night look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> How about Braeus? B-R-A-I-E-S. I'm only reasoning this because of bra yeah. and, like, French mm-hmm. word for arm is bra. Yeah. So okay. Top. Okay, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like your sure. reasoning. Yeah. So everybody says top. Everyone is wrong. No. Oh. No, no, it's okay. They're medieval trousers. Oh. How about, oh, this is Chinese. Moxiong, M-O-X-I-O-N-G. I would say bottom. I don't know. Okay, so Colin and Chris say top. Karen says bottom. It's a top. It's the wrap, like a breast binding uh. type thing. How about a farthingale? Farthingale. <laughs> it's the fanciest thing. Yeah. So penny I'm farthing. I guess it comes from England. Yeah. Penny farthing is like farthing the old timey bicycles. Farthing yeah. is a is a cent, like a coin. Right, it was a coin. Yeah. 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 Farthingale. Gee, farthingale. I know. Gales. I'm bird. soaked right down to my farthingale. <laughs> so yeah. it is for ladies. I'll oh, say yeah. that it's not for dandies. I'll go with. I'll go with. I'm gonna bottom. go. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm go, go bottom. Down. Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah, yeah. It's a bottom, like a petticoat that comes out from their waist and kind of makes their body have this cone shape. Oh, oh yeah, a desirable cone. Shape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so aesthetic, so yeah. natural. Hats. <laughs> yeah. Natural. I like a woman with a low yeah. center of gravity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. So this is another Chinese one. Okay. It is a duduo. It's a duduo. Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't find a pronunciation. I was looking. All right. I think, I think, I think, I think, I think she knows what it is. Underwear, I'm not so going to answer that. Is it a top or bottom? I'm not going to answer So you both say bottoms. Yeah. It's a top. No. Oh. It's like a bib. Weird to think about like is it bra technology or bra history. Evolving over time. It's just like a bib. That oh, you, yeah. it's like it goes yeah. around the neck and you yeah. tie it back. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. I think I have seen yeah. Yeah. Sometimes okay. yep. modern girls wear it for a sexy look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But back in the days, it was to, you know. It's an underwear. It's you your know, undershirt. Really yeah. yeah. But there's right. no support. It's just a piece of cloth, like yeah. a bib. All right. Last one. A union suit. Mm. Oh. <laughs> this is my like motion all over. I'll see about him. 
It's all over. It's all over. It's all over. That was the trick one. I uh, it. And it's also American in one of the later ones on this list. I think it's like long johns. Long and, johns. Yeah. yeah. There's the arms, legs, the tops, and then it's funny. It has an access panel on the back. Yeah, they call yeah. it the access oh, hatch. It's the classic. The drop. Yeah. Yeah. Cartoons, for whatever reason, it'll always come unbuttoned in the yeah. back. Right. Yeah. They call it. There were three words for it, which I enjoyed, and I, okay. I have to tell you about. If one of them's not poop hole. I, I call <laughs> uh, it none of them are poop hole. <laughs> one is an access hatch. What? What? is the drop seat and the other one is the fireman's flap <laughs> they all sound so like yeah, aerotechnical yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah that's funny cool good job you guys thanks we know our underwear that's right drawers drawers <laughs> y'all unmentionables uh, <laughs> oh that's well, we good. just mentioned them when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, you may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Bruna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore all of the weird little questions and conspiracies of the universe in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything. Everything has an explanation. We hope. That is what we're here to figure out. We will dive into the science behind many popular conspiracy theories, such as vaccines causing autism, flat earth theory, and was the moon landing fake? And if so, why the heck would anyone even do that? But it's not just conspiracies. There's a lot of cool mysteries that we will attempt to use science to explain, such as near-death experiences, what made the Vikings go berserk, and can I control my co-host with MK Ultra? Wait, what? <laughs> anyway, make sure to check out the Mischief Everything podcast everywhere where you find your podcasts. So I have a little preface with my segment. I had I have an older sister, and my dad's like a super military nut. Like he loves military history and Tom Clancy novels. And I think um, growing up, I think he really wished me and my sister were like also into that stuff, so he could yeah. talk about it. Mm-hmm. But we were girls. We're like we like boys and flowers. I you just know? See, like, <laughs> unwrapping your birthday presents and like, it's like a oh. hand grenade. <laughs> <laughs> now you know, especially with this podcast, I'm learning a lot of interesting things from a trivia aspect you know pertaining to war and i think that is like getting me kind of interested in 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 reading more about it and Mm -hmm. like we said a lot of inventions you know were wartime inventions or technology you know m&ms were inspired by the war and tampons were inspired war surprisingly i'm going to talk about this this wartime thing speaking of underground or undercover so there was a building labeled as the building that won world war ii can you guys guess what building this was or what this building did? It's not like a monument or anything. It's a factory of some sort or no? Yes, yes. it is a factory. Really? It is the Boeing mm-hmm. Plant 2. So Boeing Plant 2 is the name of the factory and they cranked out a large percentage of all the planes at oh. the height of World War II. As much as 12 B-17s, I have no idea what kind of plane that is, but I'm sure it's really impressive. Because I don't know what kind of plane. It's a, a bomber. It's a bomber, yeah. yeah. 12 of them a day. Whoa. They Man. They churn them out. 
the plant also built okay maybe you boys will, will know this so b-17 flying fortresses boeing 307s boeing 377s boeing b-29 super fortresses boeing b-50 super fortresses b-47 stratojets b-52 strato fortresses wow and the initial boeing 737 oh okay so these are huge planes yeah 12 of them a day maybe sometimes even more that is wow. pretty nuts yeah. so the the plant size is it's actually pretty patriotic it's 1.776 million <laughs> square feet so it's it's huge but the thing is it's so huge it's easy to think like well, if we have this giant building that's cranking out all of our top airplanes, wouldn't it be really easy to pretty much destroy our war efforts by bombing the whole thing? Right. Yeah. Oh. Enemies just come right. and yeah. trash the factory. Single point of failure. Yep. Yeah. There goes there goes our, our whole you know the supply of, of jets mm-hmm. and airplanes. Mm. So obviously that is the problem. So what they did was they hid the factory. Ha. They hit the factory from possible aerial attacks. That's what they're worried about. Not, uh, not people, you know, coming infiltrating. in. And, yeah, infiltrating. Yeah. It's really from an aerial perspective. Huh. They had this really crazy idea of they have the factory and then on top of it, they built a fake neighborhood, a fake town on, t- on the roof of the factory. So if you're an enemy airplane and you're looking down, just looks like a normal, normal town, normal suburb. Wow. Yeah. That's Little streets, little houses. That's great. They're not actual houses because I mean that takes yeah. a lot of resources. They hired a Hollywood production designer. His name is John S. Detley, and he actually was nominated for an Oscar as a production designer in movies. Mm-hmm. And so he rallied the whole effort in camouflaging this factory. So they built trees out of chicken wire. Okay. They're not real trees. They didn't plant real trees. They had houses and roofs, and they're not actual houses. They're actually really short. Right. Because right. you're yeah. just concerned with looking it just down. Needs to, it just needs to look convincing straight down from mm-hmm. thousands of feet in the air. Yep. It was built with plywood, clapboard, chicken wire, burlap. Uh, lots of paint. They even had painted on windows. They're not real windows. They did a really convincing job. If you know, you go on Google search and look for some of these pictures, it just looks like that's cool, like wow. an aerial view. That's great. But there is a bittersweet twist to the <laughs> to the story. The plant was closed to obsolete only like 15 years after its construction uh. because technology and production process was ramping up so fast sure. that they just didn't kind of maintain the factory. Before war was over, the planes had outgrown mm. the the roof beams. Uh, the factory. Wow. Yeah. A lot of people took home actually fake pieces. Of I was going to ask you. I was just going to ask you. That. There must be super, yeah old. Uh, they had it, crazy street names too. Like the street names were like Synthetic Boulevard. You know? oh, yeah, yeah. I had a sense of humor about it. <laughs> Don't bomb us, Avenue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> that's great. I mean, again, just like the history of military fakery and yeah, camouflage. That's like decoys, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That meant taken to a whole other level. On TV yesterday i had to do a double take because i was looking at the guide like the tv program guide and then there was a show on on the public access channel called and i thought it was a weird like sci-fi fake movie you know what i mean ghost army no it was um mega nazi weapons sorry (laughs) nazi mega weapons but it's a real show it's like a documentary series but at first i thought it was like you know sharknado or or something like (laughs) that So here is uh, I'm going to read this this urban myth to you, and you'll tell me whether or not this is true or false. Well, you said urban okay? myth. Well, you know what I mean. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of urban legends, and some of them do turn out to be true. 
underneath Walt Disney World. Yeah! There is a labyrinth of underground tunnels where all of the garbage goes and you throw your garbage away. And where cast members can travel from place to place without being seen. I think it's true. Knowing Walt Disney, the way he operates. Seems efficient, like, to get the trash out of the huh. area. Yeah. Well, I know there's an underground, like, system, but mm-hmm. I, not necessarily just for trash. Uh, or, or, people you know, walking right, around, right. though. Yeah. They also yeah, have yeah. backstage stuff, too. I mean, that that's closed off. Sure. So I would say it's, yeah, partially true. Partially true. So, basically, the way I said it, it's false. Uh, because, uh-huh. Only because it's a trick question. Because the tunnels are not underneath Walt Disney World. Walt Disney World is on top of the tunnels. <laughs> what? There is no. a distinction. Okay. So you have Walt Disney World in, in Florida. Walt Disney World was built on yeah. swampland. You cannot dig down into that swampland because if you dig two feet, you hit water. So it's mm-hmm. actually very, very complicated and expensive to build, to dig underground in Florida and build below the ground. Mm. So there are, in fact, when you're in Disney World and you're walking up Main Street towards Cinderella Castle, underneath you is a whole floor full of Disney cast members and offices and all of that sort of stuff. But it is built at ground level. That is the first floor floor of Disney World and you never see it because Disney World is all sort of built so that you think you're constantly on ground level but actually when you when you get there you take the monorail there and you're you're constantly actually walking up a slope as you go up towards no Main Street way. just a really gentle yeah. grade and in fact by the time if you walk from the the entrance of Disney World to Cinderella Castle you've actually imperceptibly walked up a whole story yeah. and Cinderella's castle is actually on the third floor of Disneyland, and there are two floors of underground stuff below. below. So, what is it? (laughs) As the story goes, Walt Disney was walking around Disneyland in California, which has no underground labyrinth of tunnels beneath it, and he saw a cowboy from Frontierland in the Tomorrowland exhibit walking from there because that's where costuming was. It was behind behind the scenes mm. in Tomorrowland. So the cowboy came out of Tomorrowland to walk over to Frontierland. But Walt <laughs> Disney happened to see him and he realized, oh, geez, this is not ideal. It's breaking the illusion. It is breaking the illusion. And he realized that when building Walt Disney World from the ground up, you know, having already kind of taken in the lessons of Disneyland, he could take this into account. So... The before they built any attractions, rides, anything, the first thing they built was the first floor, and they call them the utilidors. Hmm. That's yep. what they call that system. You can drive a golf cart in there. They have lockers for employees' storage. The break rooms are down there. There's like a bank down there where they can cash a check. They can get a haircut down Whoa. there. And it's it's like a spoke system. And it's all underneath um, the, the Magic Kingdom, the castle, and the lands that surround it. So that they can get down there and it's all very clearly marked. So if you're going to Frontierland, you can just walk underneath everything in this in this whole system one person did say one source that i found said the only gasoline powered vehicle for safety reasons that's allowed down there is the armored truck that comes once a day for the daily cash pickup (laughs) and that, that is the only time a gasoline powered vehicle is allowed to drive underneath there now can members of the public would there be any way that i could see 
the Utilidor area sure. without breaking in. What do you mean breaking without in? breaking in? <laughs> without violating the rules of the park. <laughs> if you take the Keys to the Kingdom tour at Walt Disney World, which which I think leaves from the City Hall, you know, every early morning, basically, um, they will take you behind the Utilidors and they will actually show you what goes on back there. Importantly, the Keys to the Kingdom tour cannot be taken by guests who are under 16 years of age. Huh. Okay. So you do have to be over 16 because they do want to preserve the magic for little kids because they are going to poke down there and you might see Mickey Mouse walking around holding his head in his hands and it's a teenager so I mean you don't really want to you don't (laughs) want to you don't want kids to see that true there actually is a story circulating on the internet uh, recently I think it's the Los Angeles Magazine did an article a guy who used to play Jack Sparrow in the park and he he dished a lot of Secrets. I mean, uh, they 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 take keeping the image very seriously. Mm-hmm. Apparently, one of the things that he talked about was that his friend worked as Pluto, okay. and once Pluto came by to walk over to Jack Sparrow and hang out with him, Pluto got fired because oh. you're not supposed to leave your designated area. And uh, you yeah. know, it's like Cowboy in Tomorrowland. It's like, right, wait a minute, right. what are you no, doing no here? No Pluto in the Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Bad, dog. Oh, bad, bad dog. Bad dog. I guess. I mean, it's. Sad, but his job is to yeah. be the character yeah. in the exhibit, and, and the, he's not there. You have there. one job, Pluto. Yeah. So let's take a little trip, guys. I want to well, imagine. We just went to Disney World. Yeah, yeah. So we're coming back from Disneyland. Let's let's take a trip to Bavaria. All right. Okay. In 2011, I'm drawing a lot of details here from a fascinating article that appeared in uh, Der Spiegel. Oh, is that a newspaper? That's like yeah, a it's e, a German. That's oh, okay. Yeah. German. In 2011, uh, there's a dairy farmer named uh, Bita Greithaner. She was in a meadow uh, on the farm that she and her husband ran, and she was watching one of the cows grazing, and then all of a sudden, just thunk. The cow sunk into the ground up to up to its hips, and they're like, "All right, this where is... are cow hips? <laughs> it's like that... into the stomach, where... probably. Yeah. Where are those even? Oh, yeah. it's utter, utter deep. Yeah. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she's show. like, "This isn't right. You know, we don't want the cow sinking into the ground. Mm. Um, but you know, it's not altogether unheard of for sinkholes on meadows and things like that. So sure. let's flash forward to the next day. They've gotten the cow out of the ground, Bita and." Her husband, Rudy, are going to check out, all right, what's going on here? Rudy pokes his head down in the ground. He's like, whoa, this, is, this isn't just a normal sinkhole. He's like, this looks really big. Mm-hmm. There's room I can crawl down in there. So he crawled down in the oh hole. Oh, my God, no, don't do that. There's more like oh, a man. crater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many horror stories, uh, how many horror right. movies start yeah. off this check way? Check it out. You stay here. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So he climbs down in there and sees there's a tunnel, kind of a sloping tunnel going down into the earth. And whoa. So he keeps going down and going down. Sure. And, and it keeps continuing. And he eventually, it, he's getting far down enough that he starts getting kind of scared it's, mm, it's yeah. really dark it's it's really quiet and he's down far enough that he can't really breathe as well right so he's like you know what i'm gonna come back out of this Good. tunnel. yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Let's, yeah. Let's, good so, choice rudy i'm worried for him yeah start, yeah so they bring in the professionals right oh, so they bring in you. some okay. geologists and and surveyors to come take a look at what exactly is this down here it turns out that the great hunters dairy farm sits on top of what's called an earth stall okay which means like uh, ground spot ground hole (laughs) (laughs) what this is it turns out there's a network of tunnels and rooms crisscrossing underneath the farm and they're like what the heck what's going on here it turns out this is actually all over bavaria there are over 700 examples of these little crisscrossing networks of tunnels called earth stalls okay 
And here's where it gets even more interesting. Dragons. Aliens. Oh. <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that, actually. Uh, one of Dragon the, aliens. One of, the colloquial, <laughs> one of the colloquial names for them is Schrazoloch, or Goblin Holes. Ah. Oh, okay. That's very German. Yeah. Very, like, yeah. fairy tale yeah. Goblin Holes. So this is, this is a phenomenon, a, a not very well-known phenomenon, but there are other instances of it all over. In fact, all over Europe, they found examples of these. All right, it's not just a little network of crisscrossing tunnels. They're tiny. They're really tiny. Oh, like they're only for goblins. They're only a couple or three feet tall in some places. In some places, they're only a couple of feet gnomes. wide. So gnomes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, I was just gnomes. kidding. No, it's, no, it's, it's not really gnomes. Gnomes. No. <laughs> <laughs> gnomes is as good a guess as anything else. Interesting. Nobody. They found Nobody tools. knows. <laughs> where these came from, oh. what they're for, who built them. They don't know exactly how long they've been there. They were they mm. were clearly built by people who knew what they were doing, like with, oh, with real proper okay. tools. Right. They're super narrow. You can only kind of hunch down. There are places where you've got to get on all fours, and there are places where the average adult just can't fit, huh. which adds to the air of mystery. Like, why, if you were building these, would you build them so small? Mm. So they, they kind of first really came into the consciousness in, in the 1800s. You know, even then, there was a lot of local lore that, well, they were built by elves, they were built yeah. by goblins, they were built by gnomes. And there were a lot of theories about what they're for. One theory is, well, maybe they're for storage. That doesn't seem likely. They don't seem well-suited for food storage. Mm. One, because they're so tiny, they're hard to get to. It floods a lot. Wait, floods do you have really an easily. answer? I want to know if there's an answer or a theory. There is no answer. What? They don't know. We have a lot of theories about yeah. what they are. If you guys are like me, you probably don't believe that they were actually built by gnomes or elves or goblins. Right, right. I well, think it's still a giant raccoon. Here's where it gets, it just, it kind of creeps me out talking about these things. So a lot of them will kind of connect to either old buildings or the sites where they knew that there were old buildings. Oh, okay. So there might be an gutters. opening to the tunnel like in the kitchen of an old farmhouse. Hmm. For gutters. Instance. There might be openings, they, they have found some openings to the tunnels near churches and uh, great Graveyards, but then by the same token, there are others that are just out in the middle of you know meadows and fields, and out in the middle of forests. And mm. one theory is that maybe these were escape tunnels. You know, maybe they were. Uh, no. You know, if you needed to hightail it out of there, maybe. But that doesn't necessarily seem very likely because a lot of them only have a single point of entry and entrance. You know, mm. it's like you wouldn't really be escaping because there's nowhere to come out on the other side. Mm. One theory is maybe they were for hiding. You know, if you were in a village and um, some rampaging group oh, of, you know, okay. comes okay. through and sweeps through the town, you, you might just, the whole village might go down there and hide. Again, the problem with that is that <laughs> if you were going to build a hiding place for your whole village, you would make them big enough that the average adult could fit comfortably. They have found almost no artifacts in them either, which is, makes it really tough. You know, a lot of times you'll find old caves or things like that, mm. and you can kind of work backwards. Um, so not long after this incident I described, uh, they finally have formed an Urgestall Task Force, which Ooh. is basically, oh, okay. for the first time, a widely coordinated, well-funded effort. They have little uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> with little goblins on yeah. them. Yeah, goblins. Yeah. whole expeditionary force. Yeah. Originally, they thought they might be thousands and thousands of years old. It, it seems like that is probably not as likely. They've done a lot of radiocarbon dating, okay. you know, basically uh, on pieces of wood or, or uh, charcoal that they found in there. Most of the stuff they've dated dates to about uh, a thousand, about a thousand hmm. AD. Hmm. And so that's their best working theory is that they date to somewhere around that time. And they can tell that most of them were filled in uh, or blocked off sometime around 1200. Why? 
Nobody knows. <laughs> we don't know why they built them. We don't know why they blocked them off. We don't know why anyone wanted to keep them secret. Nobody wrote about them. So maybe they just misread the orders. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Style tab, oh yeah. dig, yeah. dig gigantic holes. Oh, <laughs> it sure. just took them a thousand times yeah. trial right. and like, error. Well, well, fill them up, I guess. I don't know. Goblin holes. There's a lot of fairy tales that Goblin come holes. from yeah, the area. Yeah. There is, in fact, at least one of the rooms in an Urstall that does have a relief carving of a goblin on the wall, oh. which again, oh, it just gets creepier and creepier. Or it's yeah. one dude's prank. Right, it's well, an right. elaborate prank on Bavarians. Yep. And I love this because I love reading about anything that's still a mystery. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's, See, it's I don't like it because I want the answer. <laughs> yeah, it's a little frustrating. Figure it out. Well, hopefully there will be a lot of uh, young people uh, getting inspired uh, reading up on <laughs> join these. Join the task force! Join the task yeah. force, yes. Oh, if, if you're in Germany or Austria, go join go join the Erstal task force. You're Please, force, please our motto. write back and tell us about your goblin hole. <laughs> Tell, telling our butts from a hole in the ground. <laughs> you can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. I have one last quick underground cave story that I want because what you're talking about reminded me of this um, and I just shared the link actually on our on Good Job Brain Facebook page and I actually didn't make the connection I was like oh I should talk about this on the show because it seems fitting so Dana you spent some time in New Zealand yep have you heard of the Glowworm Caves yes I've New been Z- there really yes it's crazy I saw pictures of it it's like you're in a dark cave like a grotto and mm-hmm. you look up and it's just beautiful glowing blue stars but you're yeah. in a cave they're all glowworms how big are these worms? Like, are they going to eat me? Or no, they... no, no, okay. no, no. They're they're little little bugs, basically. Okay. And you wear a wetsuit and you go down there with like a and you do inner tubing down the river. There's a really Whoa. cold river, and you do some splunking. You go through little crevices in the cave. It's pitch black. I remember eating chocolate, being freezing cold, and they give you chocolate because you you're burning so many calories because you're so cold. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, it was. I mean, at you know when it's all dark and they're glowing, it's beautiful blue light. You know, kind of looks like LED just starry everywhere um but what it really looks like when there is light it looks like the cave has a lot of snot (laughs) and it drips it's like so so how the worms feed themselves is they would produce a mucus and they would drop it down like strings of mucus they're everywhere on top of this cave, right? So, so it's you look up. If it's it's yeah. raining, not cave boogers. Whoa! Yeah, it's, it's moist in there. Yes, hey. because they light up. Yeah. It attracts a lot of like moths and other flyer bugs, and they're like, hmm. oh, light! So they flow to the light, and they get stuck nah. in the cave boogers. Oh. And then the, the worm. Them. Yeah, well, so it's like yeah. nature's flypaper. It's kind of like being <laughs> in nature's nose or something like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, I guess that's all for our Going Under show. Colin, you got a last quiz for us? I do. We'll close it out here. I have a, a little lightning round quiz right. for oh, you. Yes. All right. 
All right, this quiz is called It's Good to Be Bad. Uh-huh. So this is all about famous bad guys. Okay. Right. Oh, which real, are, which real or fake? All fake bad guys. Oh, okay. Yeah, so bad guys from uh, literature. <laughs> this, this quiz is about bad guys. <laughs> like Hitler <laughs> and Pol Pot. <laughs> They're quiz. bad. It's show. good to be bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, that's horrible. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> on his motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, so fake ones. Not <laughs> so fake ones. I, I, had to, I had to ask. No, I'm glad you asked. And then thinking it through, it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to name a bad guy, and you tell me what book or movie uh, or uh, work of fiction this bad guy is from. And now, you know, bad guy is always uh, from a certain perspective. So these may be the uh, main character in the work, but mm. I think we would all agree that they are the uh, bad guys in the story. Sure. Yeah. So if I were to say uh, Sauron, you would say... Lord of the Rings! Right! There you go. I think you guys get it. So here we go. This is a lightning round, so just jump in and buzz if you think you know it. Alright. Right. Kaiser Soze. Karen. Oh man, now I'm blanking. Usual suspects. <laughs> yes, the usual suspects. Hans Gruber. Oh. Chris. Die Hard. Die Hard. One, right? One. I believe it is one. It is Die Hard yeah. one. Yes. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be a little loose here. And some of these are from franchises. Yeah. Okay. Lord of the Rings. Jason Voorhees. Oh. Chris. Friday the Thirteenth. Yes, he is mm-hmm. from the Friday the Thirteenth saga. Yes. Indeed, yes. yes. <laughs> Buffalo Bill. Oh. Uh, Chris again. Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Right. Silence of the Lambs. Chris is really into like weird. <laughs> Aww. Weird stuff, man. Let's shame him for being good at this cruise. <laughs> Shere Khan. Uh, Dana. The Jungle Book. Yes, the Jungle Book. Your Jungleback. <laughs> the Jungle Book. Patrick Bateman. Karen. He, was he a bad guy? American, yes. American Psycho. He American killed psycho. a lot of people. Yes. Yeah, so that'd be a good example of make, where he's yeah, the protagonist guess, yeah, and the bad yeah, guy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. American Psycho. Claire Quilty. That Chris, is Lolita. That is Lolita. Oh. Colonel Kurtz. Chris. Is this Inglorious Bastards? Oh, that's no. your thing of Colonel Landa. Oh, yes. Yeah. Colonel uh, Kurtz. Is this a modern movie? It's the 70s. Oh, okay. Colonel Kurtz was uh, Marlon Brando's character in Apocalypse Now. Uh, Alex DeLarge. Alex DeLarge. And often just known by his first name in the book. Alex Alex is the main character from Clockwork Orange. Oh! (laughs) The last name threw me off. All right, we'll close out here with an easy one for you guys. Mm. Emperor Palpatine. Oh, uh, see, I don't I, know. I, I, what is it? Is it Space Balls? Um, <laughs> it's from On the Waterfront. Star Trek? Yeah, like, Star Trek. Yes. <laughs> he is, of course, the Emperor from yes. Star Wars. Yeah. Or oh, you're just messing with Colin. Yeah. <laughs> now, please do not send us. What is uh, I know it's not Star Trek. Sidious. Yeah. 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 All right, and that's our show. Uh, thank you guys for joining me, and thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learned a lot about underwear. Under words, uh, under caves, underground, underwater, under mm. systems. Mm. Yeah. You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, and on our website, goodjobrain.com. And join us on Twitter and Facebook as well. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast.